the volume. The Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. This is why I love betting on the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's America's number one sportsbook for obvious reasons. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. Fast payouts in as quick as two hours. Are you kidding me? And do you see these same game parlay bets? Not to mention the live betting. Just a gorgeous platform all the way across the board. FanDuel is making it easy for everyone to bet this season with a bunch of promotions that they will be sharing all season long on my podcast. You can't miss it. We're talking about risk-free bets, same-game parlay bets, enhanced odds, markets, and more. That's boosted odds, baby. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code MONACO. So they know I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 Arizona. 1-888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org forward slash chat Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com forward slash RG Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Michigan, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. All right, welcome into another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. I'm your host, Alex Monaco. Special guest, our guy coming in from the West Coast. You've seen him on national TV. He's on national radio. Aaron Torres of the Fox Sports family and the Aaron Torres podcast via the Fox Sports radio hub. Aaron, thank you so much for joining me to talk some college hoops this March. Alex, uh, just a pleasure. Just a pleasure. Um, uh, excited to talk whatever you need. Uh, it's a fun time of year, man. I mean, obviously, all these conference tournaments are just now, as we record, starting to get underway. Uh, controversial take off the top. I like conference championship week more than the first week of the tournament. There's just so many games, so much to look at, you know, teams that know each other. So you're getting a really high quality of game once these tournaments tip off. But I'm happy to chat with you, my man. I love it. Well, let's start in the conference tournaments. There's a few I'm looking at that are interesting. I got the FanDuel odds in front of me. Let's start out with this SEC tournament. There are several teams. I believe there was five ranked SEC teams, top 25 for a good majority of the season here. You got Kentucky as a slight favorite, Auburn right behind them. Then you have Tennessee, Arkansas, LSU, and Bama all in there to make it interesting do you have any thoughts on this tournament? I mean, these teams beat up on each other all season, but going into the SEC conference tournament specifically, what are you looking at team-wise, player-wise, and maybe even coach-wise coach, coach wise schematically? Yeah, you know, it, it was, um, you know, it was almost like SEC football. Where it was just like every single <laughs> night. It was, you know, they were, I thought, the best games on TV. Is like, I know historically we think, ACC, Big Ten, Big East, whatever. I, I just thought the quality of play, as you said, the coaching 
Bruce Pearl, Calipari's a Hall of Famer, Rick Barnes is an insane amount of wins, whatever. Uh, so I thought the quality of play top to bottom was just really, really, really good. Um, in terms of the tournament itself, like I, I do think Kentucky is the most complete team. I know that's super boring. I know they're the favorite. I know the odds aren't great on them. But, you know, I, I look at them and listen, the, the story with them for people who haven't followed all year, essentially every game that they lost this year, either a guy got hurt in the middle of the game, a guy was out with injury, a guy got, you know, was just coming off of injury. And in the rare moments where they've had their full team, I mean, 20 plus point win over Kansas at Kansas, 30 point win over Tennessee, 28 point win over North Carolina, et cetera. So I think they're the favorites. Uh, I think the top four really, you know, for people who don't know how the bracket works, the top four get automatic uh, double buys into the quarterfinals. I think any of those top four can win it. Uh, but as unsexy as it is, I would probably say Kentucky is the rightful favorite. And Aaron, staying on Kentucky here, of course, led by Oscar Sheebway, really the story of the season as that transfer out of West Virginia. When you look at them right now in the March Madness tourney and how far they can go, FanDuel's got them at plus 160 to make the final four, which is not necessarily value. That's more of them just telling you it's their final four spot to lose. As far as them going the whole sea biscuit distance here plus 750 at the moment is this one of the teams you're eyeing are you kind of waiting to see how they do in the conference tournament before you fire or are you convinced on this club either way i think it just comes down to um are they going to stay healthy all year like they, like i've even had kentucky fans say to me like you know there was a point maybe a week or so ago and they they were healthy the final game or two, and they looked awesome. You know, they beat Florida at Florida on this past Saturday as we're recording here. But, like, even Kentucky fans are like, I really like our squad if we could stay healthy. But you kind of go through the beginning of SEC play until the end of SEC play. There were probably more games where they were either down a guy or one guy was in sweats or two guys was in sweats or this guy was just coming back and he was limited. And so, you know, I don't think you really have to wait. I just think you have to hope, you know, listen, we all follow sports and, and there are certain guys across sports, NFL, football, college basketball, whatever, um, that are just more injury prone than others. And, you know, in a one year college basketball season, it's kind of hard to know if that's really a case or is it just a recurring thing or whatever. But they've had two or three guys that are in or out of the lineup the entire season. I think if they're healthy, they might be the best team in the country, to be perfectly honest. It just comes down to uh, if they can stay healthy for basically the next four weeks. But I, I don't think there's any reason to wait. I don't think those odds are going to get better, especially if they beat probably two top 15 or so teams in the SEC tournament to win the SEC tournament. I, if you like Kentucky, I would fire now and just hope there's no twisted ankles or things like that. The little things that have kind of bothered these guys all year. Another very interesting conference that also kind of went at each other. This Big Ten conference tournament is very interesting. FanDuel's got Purdue as the favorite to come out of that at 2-1. to one. Illinois next at plus 380. Then it's Iowa, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Rutgers. Do you think this Purdue team is in a similar track uh, of, of mind with this this club that really was top five in the country for a lot of the season and looks like it's their conference tournament to lose and then do you see them making a long run in the March Madness tournament as well or do you have different thoughts about the Big Ten? 
I just think the Big Ten, and really, I think, you know, it's it's a, a byproduct of most of these leagues where, you know, there's 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 conferences like the Pac-12 where there's just three teams that are like way, way, way better than everybody else. But the Big Ten tournament, it's just going to come down to who do you play, who do you avoid, when do you play them, all that good stuff, right? So, like, Illinois clinches a share of the Big Ten title on Sunday night. Uh, they beat whoever it was. I think it was Iowa at home. Illinois played Purdue twice, and they just really struggled with Purdue. And I think if they play Purdue, I think they're going to struggle with them a third time. Purdue, on the other hand, has had some success against some other teams. Uh, and, and you know, they, they had a ton of success against Illinois, who splits the regular season title. They really struggled against Wisconsin, who they lost to twice. So to me, whether it is Purdue or anybody for this conference tournament, um, I just think it comes down to matchups. Who do you like? Again, uh, you know, all these conferences are different with how the bracket plays out, who gets a buy into what round, all that stuff. So, like, you know, I, I really like Iowa. They're, they're the, the fifth seed in that tournament, but they have to play an extra game as the byproduct of not getting into the top four. Rutgers, it's really weird. Like, you know, you look at their overall record and they're kind of on the bubble if you kind of look at projections like that. But because of the way the regular season broke out, they have a double buy into the quarterfinals. They, they play one less game than Iowa does, two less games than somebody else. So to me, um, you know, I, I do think that Purdue probably is the rightful favorite in this one. In the NCAA tournament, I do worry a little bit. I mean, there seems to be kind of recurring things that happen to them. Um, but as far as this conference tournament is concerned, I just think it's such a matchup-based thing. The other thing to keep an eye on, uh, Johnny Davis, who I don't think it's official yet, but I think he's going to be the Big, uh, Big Ten player of the year. He was, uh, he was injured in their final regular season game. Their coach, Greg Gard, said he's expected to be back on the court when they return to the court on Friday, but that would be something else to keep an eye on. But this is like maybe probably game for game, like the most exciting tournament that's going to go on this week. There's a lot of really good teams in the Big Ten. I would agree. And Aaron, just kind of talking overall scope and betting in this month of March for listeners out there that aren't as sharp as you or aren't as locked in on college basketball. I know each season has its own theme. This season seems to be five to 10 clubs could really take the March Madness tournament. We've seen every team catch an L and, and been upset at some point throughout the regular season. What's something you could teach us out here that are looking to fire on the tournament that, that you know that maybe the casual better doesn't, whether it be value, whether it be teams that are getting hot at the right time, something that you could kind of help us get a little better at before we fire it later this month. Yeah, there's two things that really come to mind to me in that uh, perspective. The first one is everybody talks about like, oh, what what is like what teams have tournament success? And there's a million different examples of what's it makes a successful team, what doesn't, et cetera. To me, the thing that used that really stands out, it's not often that a team that really has no tournament experience, like makes a real, real deep run, wins a national championship. It's kind of like the NBA, right? Like you got to lose in like the semi conference semi like you don't just like go to the finals and win and you're awesome like usually there's a, a growing pain you lose the year before whatever and so why that's interesting is because if you look at this bracket because of the fact there was no tournament two years ago the fact that last year was such a screwy year um there's a lot of teams that really have never been there before right so like the kentucky team that i just raved about wasn't in the tournament last year uh, year before there was COVID, there was no tournament. So they basically have like one guy on the roster that's played in an NCAA tournament game. 
Duke did not play in the NCAA tournament last year. They were not very good. I think they caught COVID at the end of the year too, whatever, not in the tournament. Uh, Arizona, self-imposed ban. Auburn, self-imposed ban. And so you're talking about those are essentially three of the four number one seeds that really have like no experience in the NCAA tournament. Arizona has zero guys in the in, on their roster that have ever played in the tournament. I'm not saying they can't win it. It's just saying like there really is nothing like getting in that one and done, you know, kind of situation until you actually do it. The other thing I would say is kind of to, to, to your point, Alex, earlier is, you know, I do think there's this notion this year that it's more open than it has been. And I do think in general, that's probably true. I mentioned Illinois. They'll probably end up as like a three seed when the actual bracket comes out. Kansas, Baylor, two seed, three seed, whatever. I think even UCLA is like a pretty good team, made a Final Four last year. But what I always tell people, and there's always an exception to every rule, so I don't want it to be steadfast, but I, I kind of throw out this stat and people blows kind of kind of blows people's minds is that so everybody says there, there's many years where people say, oh, it's so wide open. There's 15 teams that could win it. Well, since 2007, uh, so that's, I think, 14 tournament. This will be the 14th tournament. There was no tournament in 2020, whatever. So of the 14, the last 14 tournaments played, okay, 11 have been won by number one seeds. Uh, two have been won by my alma mater, UConn, which had one year they had Kemba Walker was the best player in the tournament. One year they had Shabazz Napier in the tournament. Yes, and then sir. one was one. Yeah, the only uh, I'm a UConn guy, so I could I could talk about those teams all day, as your producer could tell you. Um, and then the other one was won by Villanova, which was the highest ranked two seed. So it's like everybody says, like, oh, uh, 20 teams can win it, and like it sounds great, and it's like a great talking point when you're on TV and you have two hours of airtime to fill. But you know, the history, the history in recent memory says, even as this sport is kind of crazy and guys come and go and one and done and this and that. If you're not a top five team, if you don't have like an elite, elite player, uh, and there's a few this year, chances are pretty good. Like, like I know everybody thinks like, oh, there's a seven seed out there that can win it. Like history says that in the NCAA tournament itself, which is obviously we'll have that bracket this time next week. History tells us it's really you got to be about a top five team or really have like a super, super dynamic player. College basketball championship season is here, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel Sportsbook. New customers can place their first college basketball bet risk-free up to $1,000. Bet college basketball any way you like. I'm loving Gonzaga. I'm loving Kentucky. Nice little futures, them to win their respective tournaments. Take a chance at a same-game parlay bet. Jump into the action with live betting or bet with big promotions like odds boosts. And when you win, FanDuel will pay your winnings in as little as two hours. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today and sign up with promo code MONACO to get your first bet risk-free up to one thousand dollars that's promo code monaco make the college basketball championships mean more on FanDuel sportsbook disclaimer 21 plus and present in arizona colorado connecticut iowa illinois indiana louisiana michigan new jersey new york pennsylvania tennessee virginia or west virginia first online real money wager only refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days restrictions apply see terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 Arizona 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org forward slash chat Connecticut 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com forward slash RG Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia 1-877-770-STOP Louisiana 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help Michigan 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK 467-369 New York, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. Oh, very well said. When you look at the coaching, because it is a little bit wide open, again, not completely wide open, but, you know, between Gonzaga, Arizona, Kentucky, Baylor, Duke, Auburn, and, and the Purdue, Nova, Kansas – even Texas Tech, there's some there's some clubs, you know, you can make an argument for all the way probably through one through ten. When you look at coaching, the Mark Fuse, the Calipari's, it's Coach K's last ride. How much in this particular tournament, Aaron, are you looking at head coaches and their ability to lead these men, especially on the teams with lack of experience like Kentucky, that is factoring into your decision making with future bets or just teams you're looking to get to the final four and potentially win it all? Yeah, that that to me is so such an interesting dynamic from what I just said a minute ago, as you just referenced, Alex, about so many teams don't have that experience. So obviously there's a lot of coaches that you like as well. You trust Calipari, who like he gets criticized. Oh, he's only won one title at Kentucky, but I think four final fours, like seven or eight elite eights. He's been on the cut. There's a couple of years he's basically lost in overtime or buzzer beater of the elite eight. He could have been a six or seven final fours by now. So he's one. Coach K is obvious. Uh, Bruce Pearl just made a Final Four in 2019. He's obviously the coach at Auburn. The one that I, I don't really know what to make of is Arizona. I mean, obviously, I think most people know, but first-year head coach, never been a head coach before, never coached an NCAA tournament game before, but they're so freaking talented. Like, I was just at their game last week against USC, um, and they just – like, USC's a good team, like top 20 team in the country, and they just ran them off the floor. So – um, I think to me, it's a, it's a huge factor, especially the later you get in the tournament. I do still think like at the end of the day, the teams with the best players end up usually winning, like even coaches, you know, NFL coaches, college football coaches, they all say the same, like, give me the dudes, give me the guys, you know, I, it's not about me. And I think there's something to that as well. But I would also say, I do think there's an element to, uh, I'd be more worried. So let me put it this way. Like I would be more worried about say Arizona with Tommy Lloyd, a first year head coach who's never coached an NCAA tournament game than I would be say a John Calipari or a Bruce Pearl, somebody that's been there before, especially if we're talking about teams like on that one seed line uh, that are going to, that are going to have the easiest path to the series. Well said. And just kind of looking at star players on these clubs, uh, the Drew Timmies, the Kofi Cockburns, even Sheepway. For Kentucky, I always go back to that Carmelo one-and-done Syracuse championship. Do you think if there was a theme for this tournament, if it wasn't coaching, do you envision that one player could actually take over this tournament this particular year? Or do you feel like it's really going to be more scheme and like a Bruce Pearl Auburn team that plays excellent defense, a lot of blocks, steals, and boards would be more of the theme for this particular tournament? No, I think because of what you said, I don't look, it's clear. Like I hate the, like, there's no great teams because these teams are so young and you don't really know until four or five years after, you know, there was a Villanova team a few years ago that people said all year wasn't great. And then they had four first round picks the next year. So like, but I does feel like there's no like team that's just like 
overwhelming the way that we had a few last year with Baylor and Gonzaga. And so I think it does open up that possibility. Uh, you know, the guys that would come to mind, Johnny Davis is a, a guard from Wisconsin. People were talking about him as a national player of the year, potentially along with Oscar Shibway. Shibway's, I mean, Shibway just changes games. Like, I don't really know that, like, I don't, I wouldn't say he's like a put a program on the back kind of guy because they have so many, like they, Kentucky, all five starters score in double figures. So they don't need Shibway to go for 30 and 25 every night for them to win. Although obviously that would help if he did. Like, I don't think they'd be complaining if he did, um, you know, but so anyway, so Shibway, you know, Johnny Davis, uh, there's a kid named Keegan Murray at Iowa. Who's going to be a lottery pick. Who's really good. Has, has had a couple 30, 35 point games this year. Uh, Kofi, you said from Illinois, really good player. Uh, they need shooting around him as well. So obviously, you know, if you're talking about like one player, I would probably lean more towards like a Johnny Davis, Jaden Ivey guy like that. Jaden Ivey plays for Purdue. Ball will be in his hands, all that stuff. Um, but, you know, but, you know, the, I, I, I don't think it's inconceivable. Like, I think this is the year where you could see that kind of like what I said with Kemba Walker and UConn, like Johnny Davis just taking a three seed, a two seed, a four seed, whatever, and just blitzing through the tournament. And just looking at the futures, Aaron, Gonzaga is a favorite at plus 370 to win the tourney. Arizona second at plus 600, Kentucky plus 750. And then it goes Baylor, Duke, Auburn. Do you think that's exactly correct? Do you think, I know it's very rare that odds makers are off when it comes to this, but as far as Gonzaga being the team to beat, again, they've been to multiple final fours over the last several years. Do you think this could be their year? Are they the team to beat? Or if there was someone in those list I mentioned could be someone that you're looking at from a value perspective, even to run the table. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I I've seen all the sports books seem to have Gonzaga as a pretty consensus favorite. And I'm not like, you know, there's a lot of people that are anti Gonzaga. They don't play anybody, blah, blah, blah. Um, they're really good. Like I'm not anti Gonzaga by any stretch, but I don't see a team when I watch them that is like significantly better than everybody else, which as you said, that's my takeaway too, Alex is like, you know, the odds makers don't miss. And if the odds makers are putting the odds that low and that much, you know, so much gap between them and say uh, them and say, uh, you know, the second, third, fourth best team, that says something to me that maybe I'm missing something. I, I do think they're different this year. Last year, they were awesome undefeated, but they really didn't play defense. They really didn't have rim protection. This year they have that with Chet Holmgren. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't think there's, there's a, an overwhelming favorite this year, even though the odds would reflect that. I do think, I suspect that the, um, eventual champion will come from one of that top four, five, six, for the reason that I mentioned, like, I don't, you know, I'm not like a stat nerd. Like I don't, but I, I do think like when you have a 15 year sample size, that one thing pretty much happens, which is that a one seed wins the tournament. You should probably use that, uh, you know, to your benefit as you start to fill out your brackets. So I don't think Gonzaga is the overwhelming number one. I think Arizona is as talented as anybody. It's just a question of, again, the coaching. I think Kentucky's as good as anybody, but again, it's the question we talked about earlier of the injuries. Uh, Auburn, I, I don't know if they're quite there. And then I would say, you know, I do think there's a couple long shots that even still now at this point have value, whether it is Illinois, whether it is uh, Villanova, even UCLA is kind of weird. Like they made a final four last year. We're playing well. They went on this crazy COVID pause and then have kind of been off the radar. So I still think there's value. Uh, I, I think realistically it'll probably come down to four or five teams. Um, 
you know, you can, uh, you know, teach your audience about hedging and stuff. But I think, you know, like Illinois, UCLA, teams like that even have value as a long shot, a pseudo long shot that, that you could potentially hedge out on. And just a couple more questions from a betting perspective, Aaron, while we have you. What's the biggest misconception rookie betters, people coming into the tournament make, you would say? And is, is there such a thing as capping this properly? Again, it's, it's called – it's got the word madness in it, right? So sure. you assume, especially in the first two rounds in particular, and you can speak on that as well, but is there anything you could teach people out there that they overlook or underlook when it comes to betting this tournament, whether it's game by game, filling out their bracket, or, or looking at those final four elite eight and championship futures? Yeah, it's funny. You know, through the years, I, I love this sport, and I've tried to find like a common denominator of the four, five, six seed that loses the 14, 13, 12. And it's just, I don't think there's really, you know, as far as filling out a bracket's concerned, I don't think there's really any rhyme or reason. Um, you know, during the regular season, I do think, you know, you can catch some some good teams at home getting points, which is something that I do like to do during the course of the regular season. Um, in terms of like betting the field, betting the tournament, uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I think you know, other than what we said, I mean, you know, it feels like most of the upsets come somewhere between like a three seed to like a six seed. Those aren't, but then you get to the one and two seeds and history tells us like most likely those teams are going to make deep, deep runs. So I'm trying to remember last year, obviously Baylor Gonzaga were one seeds. Houston was a two seed. UCLA was way down, but even last year was kind of a weird year. So that, that's really the only thing I can think of. Um, I think I do think experience in the tournament matters. So if you get a, a, you know, a 13 seed that's in a small conference that's been there two, three times and you're getting a a first year team in the tournament that hasn't been there, I think those things help. The other thing I would say, too, uh, and I was talking to somebody about this the other day. um, Well, I'll tell you this. So I on my podcast, like Sean Miller, who coached Arizona forever, and he brought this up. So, you know, it's on a podcast and like it's top secret information, but he said something that he confirmed something that I thought but didn't know, which is that offense, good offense beats good defense in the tournament. And what I mean by that is essentially this, is that um, every year there's a couple of those teams. You know, for years it was Virginia, and I know Virginia won a title, but every game was like 62 to 59, 59 to 57, 58, 54, whatever. And I remember when they lost as a number one seed a few years ago, I had somebody pretty high up, not, not the Sean Miller conversation I just had, but somebody that, that knows the sport basically said like, look, until they score more, they're never going to win a championship because you think about the NCAA tournament, right? To win a championship, you're playing six teams, six different regions of the country, six conferences, six different styles, whatever. And no matter how good you are defensively, uh, at some point, somebody's going to be able to score 75, 80, 82, 84 points on you. And if you can't keep up, and there are certain teams that just can't, um, you're going to struggle. And so Virginia was kind of the um, perfect example of that over the last couple of years. They're not even going to be in the tournament la- this year. And I know it's a little tough because I get it. They won the Final Four in 2019. But if you look at their team, they were much more efficient offensively and did a much better job putting the ball in the basket. So that's another thing is you look at teams that like, can score a lot, but play real defense too, right? Like Purdue scores a lot, but they don't really play defense. Uh, Gonzaga this year, last year scored a lot, didn't play defense. This year they actually play defense. Arizona, everybody looks at the box scores, think they don't play defense. You look them up. 
I forget the stat now, but they're number two, number three in the country in field goal percentage defense. It's just they allow more points because they have more shots because they play faster. So that would be probably the big thing, too, is that defense really matters, but you have to be able to score. And I think there's always those teams every single year that it's like they try to grind out those 64, 62 wins that we all hate, by the way, watching them. Uh, but then, you know, it goes into the tournament and it's 60. You can't win six straight games like that. You know what I mean? Definitely. All right. Well, we'll get you out of here with this. You, we know you're on Kentucky to win the SEC. Does that mean you're feeling this team to go all the way? You don't have to answer. You could say a team you like to the final four if you haven't, of course, made your assessment because the conference tournaments haven't kicked off. And then if you want to maybe throw in a dark horse, I know you alluded to a couple of UCLA being one um, for anyone out there, just kind of teams to look at if, if you were willing to go there. Sure. No, uh, a couple of things. One, I would say on my own podcast, like I said, I think when they're fully healthy, fully locked in, there are two teams that I think are clearly better than the others. And one of them, or neither of them is Gonzaga. I think it's Kentucky and Arizona. Um, and, but they have their problems. Arizona's the coaching, Kentucky's the injuries. I do think they're the two best teams. Like, I think Gonzaga's great. They're a great story, great program. I'm not the guy that rips Gonzaga every chance I get. <laughs> I just don't see the – oh yeah, I just don't see the overwhelming favorite that you referenced that, oh, by the way, every sports book, not just FanDuel. So it's not, you know, one sports book's odds are way different. Like, they're, they're all pretty much the same. We all know that. So I think those are the two best teams in the country. Um and it just comes down to, uh, you know, I, I worry about the first-year head coach. I really, really, really do. Uh, a couple of long shots, you know, I mentioned Villanova, I think could get there with the right, you know, odds, with the right uh, with the right matchups. I mean, it's always tough without a bracket, but Villanova's one, Illinois is one. Um, I'm trying to think, like, to get to a final four, I think Tennessee has value. I think Arkansas has value. Uh, and then as far as, like, a pseudo-long shot, I would just say, like, you know, Memphis right now is playing really good basketball. For people don't know, coached by Penny Hardaway, uh, brought in a great recruiting class, had some veterans come back, did not play well early, like really, really, really bad. And they've had some injuries. They reshuffled the lineup. Uh, I could be wrong on this, but I think nine of their last 10, they've won outright. And, um, you know, look, I mean, I, I still think they probably have to win a game in their conference tournament to get in. But if they do get in, they're going to be probably a – 10 seed, you know, that's going to play a three seed or an 11 seed that's going to play a six seed or whatever in the second, in the first round. And then in the second round, like I could see them as an 11 seed in the sweet 16 uh, going further, potentially even as well. The Mountain West, I think has some pretty good teams, Colorado state, Boise schools like that, Wyoming as well. So I will watch the Mountain West tournament. Uh, I think it's going to be fun. It's on late. It's on after all the other games are finished and do, you know, everybody do your own self scouting. And, and again, it just comes down to how the bracket works out. Um, but those are some teams that come to mind that are probably going to be somewhere like a seven seed or lower that I think could win a few games once the tournament starts. I love it. Hey, I'm a San Diego kid, San Diego State. Let's go. go. Right. Not a West shout out. Maybe. Let's go. Hey, is there just real quick? Because I just can't forget what Johnny Juzang did in the tournament and that deep sure. run they had against Gonzaga. And of course, that that Suggs all time game winning shot. Is there any chance? I mean, no one's talking about UCLA, but with the oh. experience that they had a couple of years ago, I mean, with the particular lack of experience with a lot of these clubs, players or coaches, and tough to find both for this year. Yes. Is there any chance that UCLA could be one of your dark horses? Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, yeah, no, it's a great question because one, they're one of the few teams that does have that tournament experience that I talked about. And 
they've just, for people who don't follow, it's been such a weird season. They come out, they play Villanova the first week, win at home. I was at the game, Pauley Pavilion's rocking. Everybody's having a great time. They go to Marquette, who's pretty good, beat the crap out of Marquette <laughs> at Marquette. And then their season shut down for a month because of COVID. And then they come back and they've had some injuries. And it's like every game, there's a new guy that's out. And I haven't, frankly, I haven't watched as much of them of late because the parity between the disparity, I should say, between the good teams in the, in the Pac-12 and the bad teams is really big. And so rarely are you learning anything by a really good team playing a really bad team. So I just don't really watch the games, but I would keep an eye on them in this Pac-12 tournament. They're, you know, I think Arizona has three losses right now. And they, 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 they beat up Arizona worse than anybody this season. Uh, they were really the only team all season that really took it to Arizona. That was when they played in LA. They played in Tucson a few weeks later. I was actually at that game too in Tucson. And that was one where like UCLA was in it right till the end. Uh, and Arizona made a bunch of free throws and it made it look more one-sided than it was. So I think that's a great call by you, actually. The more that I think about it, I just got to look at, is everybody finally healthy, all that stuff? Because they're one, like I said, it just feels like they haven't had their full team, full strength, locked in basically all season, throwing a month-long COVID pause in there. I, I actually think there's a lot of value on them. And again, you know, they're going to be a, a three seed, four seed. I mean, imagine if they're a three seed in, say, the West, and, you know, they might bring more fans to the West Regional Final than the one seed does if it's Gonzaga. So I actually, I absolutely think that they have value, and I absolutely think that they are a team. I think they could get to another Final Four. I think they could win a national championship. I really do. I don't know if they will, but, yeah, I think, actually, now that I'm more than the, – you're, you're talking me into it, or maybe I'm talking myself into it here at the end. Uh, <laughs> but, like, no, they're, they're a really good team. Uh, as you said, Juzang – can score with anybody they play real defense i like it a lot i do i really do aaron absolute pleasure to have you just a wealth of knowledge everyone out there hope you had your pads and pens and make sure to check out aaron torres on social with his updates across the conference tournaments check out the podcast all things fox sports radio you're killing it absolute pleasure to have you on come back anytime my man thank you so much all right. Thank you for having me. We'll, uh, you know, I don't know how much betting there will be once the first weekend of the tournament's done, but if you need me, just holler. Uh, we'll do it again soon, man. All right. The volume.